Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. The Bible says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases the Father will live forever. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, Is God Enough for You? Mm, Pray with me. God, thank you for being enough. Thank you for every person in this room that has a deep understanding that you're more than enough. Help us, God, to love you that way. Help us, God, to see you that way. Father, I pray that you'd reveal yourself to us through your word today. God, I ask you to strengthen my back and my neck, my body, God. Anoint my mouth and my mind to say what you'd have me to say, God. I pray you'd give me your words today to speak to us, your people, in Jesus' name. Amen. The title sometimes resonates with people and sometimes it doesn't. This title, I believe, should speak to you in some kind of way. This title should either cause you to think or cause you to thank or cause you to wonder, is God enough? I want to tell you, I want to give you the answer before I even teach the Word of God. For most people, He's not. See, you thought I was going to go a different way with that. For most people, he is not. And that's why they crave everything else. Uh, Some of us, you know, if if you're my age and up, you probably remember that song. Looking for love in all the what? Wrong places. The world has been looking for love in all of the wrong places since Adam and Eve were put in a perfect garden thousands and thousands of years ago because they simply do not believe that God is enough. So we look to add things. We look, we look to add things. And we, and we look for things to take the place of the one who causes all things to exist. Mm, before you check out on me mentally this morning, I want you to know that really, honestly, truthfully, At every level, at the deepest level, that God is enough. God is enough. God is enough, but there's so much more clamoring for your attention, clawing for your thoughts, clawing for your desires, forcing its way into your gates, your eye gates, your ear gates, your mouth gate, causing you to think, I need this. And I need that, and I need this, and I need that. I thank God for seasoned saints. I thank God for Christians who've been around for a minute because they understand it don't come what may. God is enough. Whatever happens in this world, God is 
enough. We live in what I believe to be, and it may not be. I don't know. Uh, I haven't been to every country in the world. I've been around. I've, I've lived in other countries. I've traveled to other countries. I, I, there may be villages somewhere that, that are just as, as selfish and mean and hateful and conspiring and materialistic as America. I can't tell you for sure that America is the most materialistic, greedy society on the planet. But, it, but if we ain't in first, we ain't far behind. If, we, if we're not number one, uh, we ain't far from number one. We live in a materialistic, I want more, 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 more. I'm going to say it, and I'm going to keep saying it. Y'all heard me say it. If you've been around for a while, the poor people in America are not poor people compared to the rest of the world. Poor people in the rest of the world don't have but one set of clothes to wear all the time. Go ahead and wash what you got when that's all you got. Figure out how that happens. Now, you're standing there naked waiting on the sun to dry that one piece of clothing you have. Mm. The sun to dry because they don't have a laundromat. The sun to dry because they don't have a dryer. And, and the poor people in America walking around with, with a pack and a half of cigarettes in their pocket, a, a two lighters, a, a cell phone and cable television. Well, I don't have cable television. Do you have a television? Mm. We want more and more and more. And I want you to know this morning, stuff will never fill the void that God put in his creation that only he should fill. We used to work on cars. You're, probably, you're still working on cars, Steve? Some of these cars you can't hardly work on anymore unless you're just great and you got the right tools and equipment and computers. You got to have the computer and all that stuff. But, but most people my age grew up working on cars, changing transmissions in our driveway, putting new rear ends in our cars, changing out our own mufflers, doing, doing all that kind of stuff. And so I learned as a teenager when, when I had the original Dodge Demon, everybody's trying to get that Hellcat right now. When I had the original Dodge Dart Demon uh, with, with a 342 with blown out W2 racing heads jacked up like this on 50 inch tire, uh, 50 wide tires in the back, uh, I, I learned that some things you could get from Napa, some things you could get from Rusty Acres, some things you could just go to a junkyard and pull apart. But some things you had to have OEM. Something. Now, if you didn't work on cars, you probably don't know what OEM is. Some things are only original equipment from the manufacturer. And if you tried to put a part on something that was not an original equipment from the manufacturer. See, that's how Napa got famous. Napa got famous original parts. Napa got famous matching OEM parts. And I want you to know, when the manufacturer designs something, you might be able to get away with putting replacement parts on some stuff. You might be able to go ahead and save you some money and get something that the manufacturer didn't say had to go with it. But I want to tell you something. The more expensive your car is, the, 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 more, uh, the more elaborate your vehicle is, the more you have to stick to OEM stuff. You just can't go. Listen, I'm going to tell you this. I just had a buddy of mine drives the same car I drive, BMW 535i. He just went out and tried to get, he went to Battery Depot 
and got a reconditioned battery and had his shade tree buddy put that battery in his car and he drove away from there and when he turned it off, it did not crank back up. You're like, well, ain't the battery a battery? Ah, not when you're dealing with a $60,000 German-made car that they don't want you putting reconditioned batteries in. What his shade tree mechanic didn't tell him with his $30 reconditioned battery, he thought he would say, he called me. He's like, you know they want almost $300 for that battery from the dealership? I said, yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But that's, the, you know, that's, the, that's that original equipment from the manufacturer. That's the battery. He's like, I'm getting me a $39 battery from Battery Depot. That man said he could put it in for me. I'd be rolling cheap. I said, all right, tell me how it works. He called me an hour later. My car won't crank. <laughs> Nothing will turn on. The lights won't even come on. And, and, and by and by, when they had to tow it to the BMW dealership and put the $300 battery in it, they found out that that computer is rigged. And if you don't set the computer, you got to have those computers. You got to program it just right. To put. They want an original battery from the manufacturer to work in that. And I said all that to tell you this. God created man. God created human beings. And God put us together. Listen, you might get by. Listen, I believe God created us to drink a lot of water. You might get by on coffee. You might even get by on liquor. But I'm going to tell you something. You're designed to drink water. And there's just certain things God has designed us as human beings for. And one of the things he has designed every person that ever lived, every human being that ever came into existence has a void in their life, a searching in their life, an emptiness in their life, a spot in their life where they, where they think, I just don't know why I don't feel satisfied. I don't know why I don't feel fulfilled. I don't know why it feels like something is missing because the manufacturer put a hole inside everybody that only he can fill. So we're looking for love in all the wrong places, and it's not new. The Scripture tells us that there's nothing new that is true. What was before will be again, and that's why it's so important you know your history. That's why it's so important you know the, the truth of God's Word. It tells us we have these stories for our examples, and I want us to see some things this morning from this old book that is still as relevant today as it was the day it was written. I want us to see some things this morning that will help us to stay on track in our mind because if you do what most people do, you will fail. Let me tell you what most people do. They let life happen to them. They just let life happen to them. They wake up without a plan. They bump through life. Days turn into weeks. Weeks turn into months. Months turn into years. They're old and in the hospital dying, asking, where did the time go? It went one second at a time. It went one minute at a time. You just wasn't paying attention. And I want us to see this morning how we can live life more intentionally, how we can live life more on purpose, how we can understand some things. Look, look at our first verse in our opening text, 1 John 2, 15. The scripture commands us, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, don't get hung up on the, 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 the word him. I've told you that many times when the Bible says he, um, 
or him, it's not always being gender specific. When it says man, it's not always being gender specific. Uh, other versions say them instead of him. It's not always gender specific. Now, now, don't get with this weird crowd that's turning he and him into they and them all the time. A man's still a man. And a woman's still a woman. But the Bible's not always being gender specific. And when it says the love of the Father is not in him, this can apply to a man, a woman, a boy, or a girl. Look at the first sentence. We all always want to read paying attention to the punctuation. Slow your reading down. Take the Bible in phrases, bite-sized pieces. Digest it. Get it in your spirit. Do not love the world or the things in the world. Now, this book is written to Christians. This book is written to Christians. Why? Now, you know the answer. If you've been around for more than three seconds, you know the answer. Why would God tell Christians not to love the world and the things of the world? Because Christians love the world. Because we have a propensity to follow our own lusts. We have a propensity. We have a natural inclination to do wrong. I told y'all, I'm not like that dude, Will Rogers. I don't even know where he lived. I don't know what part of the country he lived. I know it wasn't the west side of Jacksonville. Because I grew up on the west side of Jacksonville. I've been here since the 70s. Uh, I've been on this side of town since the 70s. And, and that, that dude, Will Rogers, he said, I never met a man I didn't like. No, he, he, he ain't never been on Four Acre. He ain't been on Old Middleburg. He certainly ain't been on Lambing. He, he ain't been up and down 103rd Street. He, he ain't been on Firestone. He, he hadn't been on Blanding in, in hard traffic where somebody cuts you off and then shoots you a bird. Okay? Uh, the, the, we, 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 we live in a time uh, where, where things are, are, are difficult. We live in a day and an age where, where things are difficult, and, and life is different now for, for, for us than it was for previous generations. But some things stay the same, and we have this propensity to do wrong, just like it's always been. He said he never met a man that he didn't like. And I've heard people say, well, you know, Pastor, and people tell me, Pastor, I just believe that most people are basically good. I'm like, oh, Lord, you never worked in a church nursery, did you? And you didn't see how evil these children came out of the womb as. Oh, no, not yours. Yours are angels with horns on their heads and, and pitchforks in their, in, in, in their suit. Listen, people have this propensity to do wrong. That's why we have to study to do right. Amen? People left unto themselves will almost always choose wrong. The Bible says a child left unto himself will bring shame to their mother and father. I had people tell me one time, well, I just don't believe I should make the choices for my child. Listen, you better make the choices for your child. Are you ignorant? Are you not smarter than your five-year-old? You shouldn't have had one. Mm, I'm preaching better than y'all staring at me. We have this desire on the inside. You don't have to teach people to do wrong. You don't have to teach people to lie. Sometimes people just lie for the craziest reason. I'm just asking that don't even make sense for you to lie like that right now. You're not even gaining anything. But people just have this inbred desire, just this pre-given uh, inclination to do wrong. So God tells us don't love the world or the things 
in the world. Now, if you study this word used here in the Greek, this word cosmos, you'll understand contextually it's talking about a worldly system. Say system. It's talking about a worldly system that has been orchestrated by the enemy to pull us away from God. The world has just not become less godly just by happenstance. Anybody in this room over 50 years old knows that the world has lower morality now than it had when you were a child. Anybody in this room right now over 60 years old knows that the world is on a slippery, greased pole heading straight to hell in a handbasket with no regard for God. Anybody in the room over 70 is shaking their head at the earth today wondering how did this country I grew up in fall so far away from righteousness and Christianity. It, it doesn't take a biblical genius to understand that there is an orchestrated system to drag us down. And God says, don't be in love with that system. Don't be in love with that organized system that unbelievers have put together to try to drag us away because everything that glitters is not gold. Everything that's shiny and pretty is not something you should grab a hold of. Listen, if anybody in the room fishes, and I wish I still had my friend David Thomas here with us, but he's in heaven laughing right now while we're down here, you know, talking about COVID-19 and things like that. But, but a fisherman, a fishing woman understands that, 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 that lure, it's shiny. It flashes. It dances, and it makes the fish want to get it. And the fish thinks, oh, I want that, 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 I want that. And when he, he bites it, that's the moment he realizes, when that, when that fisherman sets that hook in his mouth, that fish realizes, that's not good. Oh, it looked pretty, but now, see, see these, things, these things that look good, they might have a hook in them. They might have a hook in them, and they might destroy you. And we're so led about by our own desires. We see shiny things. We see things that we think, oh, I like that. And we just jump right on it without knowledge and without understanding. And the Bible says that we should get knowledge and we should get understanding. We, the Scripture tells us not to love these things. Don't love the system that the world has put before us. And don't love the things that they use to lure us in. Oh, advertisers today, some of the smartest people in the world. If you got, if you got a, a mindset for advertising, if you know how to put together some branding, if you know how to package things and, and lure people into your product and, and your brand, you can get rich. You can get real rich helping people because they have perfected this marketing system. I'll just give you one, one, one idea and move on. I'll just give you one area, one industry. Do you, have you ever noticed there are no fat, ugly, bald-headed people on, on alcohol commercials? Okay, my, my boy Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey swagged out uh, m m more than any five people you want to put in a room unless I'm in it. Matthew McConaughey, that brother been named sexiest man alive so many times he can't even count anymore. They got him doing these liquor commercials. They don't have no short fat, bald-headed man doing do, drink, drink this liquor and you can be fat and bald-headed like me. No, no, no. They don't tell you every time a, a, a corona gets its lime, some family gets divorced and a wife gets beat bloody in her kitchen. 
They don't tell you every time a corona gets its lime that, that somebody loses their job because they laid out drunk again. Oh, no. They, they, they don't show you heart disease and fat folk. They, they show you sexy people on the beach half-dressed thinking, hmm, I want to do that. They finally had to do away. When I was a kid, some of y'all my age in this room, when, when we were younger, they used to have cigarette commercials. Y'all remember that? They show people smoking a cigarette all sexy. They didn't show them coughing their lungs out and dying from emphysema. It's a system. It's a, it's a lure. It tries to draw us in. And God is telling us, not because God is a killjoy, not because God doesn't want you to have fun in life. God wants you to have the right kind of fun so it won't hurt you. Don't be like that teenager that, that you wondered, how did they get so ignorant? Some of y'all had teenagers. Y'all had those teenagers? Uh, I hear these teenagers say, my mom hates me. She, my dad hates me. He wants me to come home before 1 o'clock in the morning. He just hates me. He don't want me to have any fun. He don't want me to be out drinking and driving with my friends. He hates me. She hates me. They don't want me to live life. They don't want me to enjoy life. They love you, and they're trying to help you and keep you from destroying. My my, my parents, they hate me. They don't like my friends. They told me I can't hang out with Ray Ray and Ice Pick no more. They told me, and hey, Ray Ray, Ray Ice Pick's my friends. And my daddy don't love them. They don't love them. They just don't want me to have fun trying to keep you out of prison. You know why? Because when the law rolls up, Ray Ray and Ice Pick know how to get gone. And we know you're going to get stuck. Now you catch a case, and now you can't vote. And a whole lot of other bad things rolling down from that. Of course, I don't know. You know, we're living in a new world. Y'all see they just let out 4,000 inmates in Southern California. Los Angeles County just freed up 25% of their jail population. Duval County's going to do the same thing. Now, when Duval County lets out these 1,200 inmates they're talking about letting out because they don't want them to catch coronavirus, what you think they're gonna do? Where are they gonna go? What job they gonna get? I think they might want to know where you live. One of the most notorious criminals in the history of the American project is a man named Charles Manson. I saw a parole hearing they had for Charles Manson one time. You know, they got all these people up there, they got all these nice, well dressed, uh, Lily white people up there trying to say, see if we want to let you out early because we're so nice. And, and they're having him in his parole hearing, and he's up there looking like the devil. And, 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 and this one man said, Mr. Manson, you've been in jail for a long time. The state has had you incarcerated. Um, if we were to grant you your, your parole today and to let you out early, um, what, what would you do? What, what, what would you do with your life and my man looked at him with all the evil. Factual, you can look this up. Factual. He said, I don't know. You got a wife and a daughter I could come hang out with? Hmm. See? That's what they know. You're going to let all these people. You think they're going to get a job? Where are you going to get a job right now? Everybody's laid off. Everybody's furloughed. We shouldn't even know what furloughed means. That means you ain't getting a check. Got all these people about to be let out. I'm going to tell you something. That, that, that it's it's going to be trouble. It's going to be trouble, and they're going to be looking for things to draw their attention. They're going to be looking for things to, to dig into this worldly system. Listen to the next verse. Verse 16 says, For all that is in the world... 
the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. I want you to see these three phrases that, that I want you to get familiar with. Uh, they should be on the screen. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. This is the lure. This is the thing that the enemy will draw you in. Something that looks good to your body. The lust of the flesh. Mm, I'd like to touch that. I'd like to feel that. I'd like to experience that. I'd like, I'd, I'd like to get with that. The lust of the eyes. Woo, that looks good to me. I think that looks good. I probably need it. And the pride of life. Things that are going to make you feel better about you. This is not a new pattern. The enemy has been using this pattern from day one. Let me read verse 16 to you in a more modern translation. It says, For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. Is that on, is that on, on, a, on a thing, Dina? Did I make that a note? The, the three, a craving. See, the lust of the flesh, this, tra this translation too, a craving for physical pleasure. You think we live in a world where people crave physical pleasure? Let's not even take it to the world. Let's just don't even take it to everybody else. You think everybody in this room right now has a craving from time to time for physical pleasure? Hmm, we don't want to get honest. Okay. Should have went to the mega church. Should have went there. Should have went and let them tickle your ears and pat you on the back. But I'm going to tell you something. If we don't come face to face with the reality that even as born again, blood bought, Bible believing, scripture toting, Bible quoting, Save sanctified, fire-baptized people that we have this craving for physical pleasure. We just want what we want, and we want it now. The, 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 the other translation calls that the lust of the flesh. It's three things. It's three things. It's been three things from day one. It's going to be three things to the end of craving for physical pleasure. I want to tell you something. When you start craving physical pleasure, you better check it. You better look and see, is this, does this have a hook in it? See, because next thing you're going to be divorced. You're going to be paying more child support. You're going to be paying more to your old family than you got to spend on your new family. You, you, you're going to realize that it's going to tear your body up. I saw a man had a T-shirt on one day. It, it, it made me laugh, but now, now I'm getting to that age. I'm thinking, hmm, maybe I ought to order that T-shirt. The T-shirt said, it's big old fat joker. Big old cigar-smoking fat dude had this T-shirt on. He said, if I'd have known I'd have, I was going to live this long, I'd have taken better care of myself. <laughs> My man had a craving for physical pleasure. And I want you to know, everything that glitters is not gold. A craving for everything we see, that's the lust of the eyes. Don't let your eyes drag you away from where God wants you to be. Don't let your eyes drag you away from what God has for you and pride in our achievements and our possessions. This is the world we live in right now. This is America. We want to be proud in our achievements. Do you realize we got people in this room, we got people on this stage paying $100 every time the clay utility water bill comes through because we water our grass? Well, I don't do it because I'm proud of my yard. I do it to keep the HOA off my back. I'm tired of getting certified letters. I'm tired. Uh, these people mailed me, mail me a, a certified letter. I had to go to the post office to pick it up. I thought I was going to prison. I didn't know what they were trying to tell me. I opened that thing. They, they said, 
your mailbox is leaning. If you don't fix it, we're we, we going to find you $200. I said, you're going to find me $200 a day for my mail? Come by my house today. I have my mailbox. I, the mailman pulls on it, and it leans. But I, they, they, you got you to water your grass. They'll send you that nasty letter. Do you know how there are people? I said, we got a dude on our street. This is this Asian dude, young, sharp Asian dude. My man is in his yard every day. It looks good, though. I ain't going to lie. If we had a yard of the month, he'd be the yard of the month every month. He's out there every day. He's down. He's picking out one blade of bad grass at a time. He's out there every day, every day, every day, taking pride. Now, I'm not saying that he, he might love the Lord more than all of us, but I'm going to tell you one thing. He's proud of his yard. I've told my sons. When I was in the military, some of y'all were in the military. I, 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 was, I was a young man in the military. I don't know how y'all did it, Deke, but every day we got off work, we all stood outside and washed our cars. I had a 1987. Now, I'm not a Chevy fan, so forgive me for this, but it just looked so good. I had lust for it. I saw it on the showroom floor at the Chevy dealership in Texarkana, Texas. It was on the inside. That's where they put the real lure. That's where they put the real hook. They park it inside and shine it up, put bright lights on it. I had a 1987 candy apple red Camaro with big tires on it and T-tops, and every day I'd get out there and wash that. And all the other soldiers, every single soldier out there washing his car, we didn't even wash it with soap. We wet it down with water and chamois that thing. You know you saw soldiers out there doing that. I don't know if sailors did that. They, they, you know, they were getting drunk at the NCO club. But <laughs> you could see how proud we were of our possessions. And you got people, I'm not saying don't wash your car. Heck, you would like it that much. Come by and wash mine. But pride in possessions is so big in our community. There's nothing wrong with having nice things as long as you don't let nice things have you. I believe God wants his children to have nice things. The Bible says it's God's pleasure to give you everything. I believe God wants you to have nice everything. But you just can't let those nice things have you. We got this craving for physical pleasure, for, for everything we see, and for pride in our possessions. Listen to what verse 17 says. And this world is fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Now, this is where some age helps you. This is where some experience helps you. This is where, even if you don't have age and experience, maturity can help you, where you can realize yeah, it might be fun to do this, that, and the other, but I don't want to go to hell. It may be fun. The Bible says there's pleasure in sin for a season. It may be fun to go out there and do all this, that, and the other, but this part in the end right here, anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. That's what I'm trying to do right there. I'm not trying to die in hell forever. I'm trying to live in heaven forever, and there's a way to do that, and there's a way to not do that. But this pattern of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, I told you it's not new. We see it from the beginning. I'm going to take you all the way back to the first book. I'm going to take you back to the book of the beginning in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Listen to what the scripture says. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. That's the devil. Say devil. <coughs> Which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said... You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. This chapter in the first book of the Bible 
is what uh, theologians commonly refer to as the fall of mankind. This is where sin came in. Up until this point, everything had been perfect. This is where sin comes in, and the devil rolls up uh, and says to the woman, Has God indeed said you should not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, say, devil, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Verse 9 says, Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, I love this about men. I love this. Men know. Men know. Man said, The woman. The woman. The woman who you gave to me. She gave me of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you've done? Then the woman said, See, she ain't about to be outdid by her man. She, she, ain't, she ain't about to just, just take it. She said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. I want to tell you something. We live in a world that does not take personal responsibility for their own deficiencies, but that ain't new either. Adam didn't want to take personal responsibility for his junk. Eve didn't want to take personal responsibility for his junk. But this is the this is the passage that is commonly referred to as the fall of mankind because when God created everything in Genesis 1 and, and everything was perfect and everything was right and everything was clean and everything was decent, God created this garden of Eden, this paradise. It was a beautiful place with everything uh, the man and the woman needed. And, 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 and God let man name all the animals, and he was at peace with the animals. You know, he, he was the original. Adam was the original Eddie Murphy. Y'all didn't see that movie? Dr. Doolittle? Adam's just talking to animals. They're talking back. He's in perfect peace. They're not running from him. They're not scared of him. Some of y'all still think that's happening. Listen, your cat does not understand you. Oh, mine does. I, I, I know some of y'all animal people. And I, Jake and I were laughing in the kitchen the other day. Uh, he's sitting there looking at this dog. He's like, Dad, I still can't believe we have an animal living in our home. <clears throat> it's different. But I, I know so many people. I've had so many people tell me, my dog is the only person in the world who understands me. Well, let's just rewind that for a minute. You said your dog is the only what? <laughs> uh, okay, I get it. I get it. Animal sense emotion. I'm not bashing you. I get it. You know, you, you, your cat don't run away from you all the time. Hallelujah. 
you, 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 your dog, you, you, you think your dog's listening. You know what your dog's thinking? Food, 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 food. Play with me, play with me, play with me. You know what your dog's thinking? Let's run, let's run, let's jump, let's jump. Uh, my dog, he listens to me. He takes care of me. Listen, we, 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 we get we don't have it like Adam had it. Adam had it like that. Those animals listen to Adam. Uh, he was in communion with them. Yeah, God gave this man the perfect wife. How many of y'all would have loved that? Huh? I'll help y'all out. God gave Eve the perfect husband. How many of y'all wish y'all could have had that? Mm. It was good in the garden. It was good in the garden. God gave man the perfect job to do. It was easy. He said, tend the garden. The garden was flourishing. The, the soil was fertile. There was no weeds. There was no thorns. There was no thistles. Life was good. But God also told him what to avoid. Man, if you want to get them, I, I, remember, I remember before uh, Bill Cosby got, got trashed up by the media uh, and, 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 her, and turned into this villain. I remember that, that, that Bill Cosby used to have those, those shows, Kids Say the Darndest Thing. How many of y'all remember the, Dr. Cosby used to do that show and he'd have kids on there and they'd be funny? He'd put these kids in a room and he'd tell them, you can play with all the toys and all the books, but don't mess with the cookies because we're saving those for, 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 for after the show. And they would put the camera on those kids, and those kids would be like. And by and by, what would they do? They would get over there, and they would get in this. The one thing, hey, listen, you want to set your kids up? Go ahead and tell them. You can eat everything in the house, but don't touch that cake. We're taking that to church later. Or just tell your husband that. Now, hopefully your husband will be smart. Your husband will take a section here and a section there, smash it together, and hope you don't realize it got smaller. I'm trying to help some of y'all how to steal cake. God put Adam and Eve in this perfect place, told them one thing to avoid. In Genesis 2.16, the Bible says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now, I'm not going to preach this and get into this, but when, when they ate of it, did they die? God said, right? God said you will, so they had to. They didn't fall over physically, but they, they suffered a spiritual death. They were broken in their relationship with God. The Bible says that sin leads to death. You people out there thinking, I'm sinning, and I ain't dying. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Spiritually, you're separated from God and God told them look you get on all this you can have all of it but stay away from that one thing God does not tell us to stay away from things because he wants to deprive us of fun he is trying to save our lives he wants us to have the good stuff and stay away from the bad stuff Adam and Eve they had everything they needed they had union with animals they had the perfect husband and wife they had the job they, 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 but they let the enemy convince them of this listen this, they let the enemy convince them, God is ripping you off. God is not letting you have your fun. God is depriving you of what you want. The enemy comes still today to convince you, you ought to have that. 
Don't worry that God said you shouldn't because it'll be fun. Don't worry that God said to, to avoid that. You, 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 you think it's going to be okay, but I'm going to tell you something. God is always right. Can somebody say amen? amen. In, in verse 1 of chapter 3, uh, I, want to, I want us to look at this conversation the devil had with Eve, and, and I want us uh, to, to see some things. I'm going to pull out a couple things. First thing I want you to see is don't hang out with people who don't love God. She shouldn't have been in a, in a conversation with this serpent. She had all these good animals out there. She, she should have never been in a conversation with the most cunning, conniving, deceiving animal in the whole garden. She should have been with her husband. She should have been with God. She should have been with do, doing her assignment. But she ends up hanging out with somebody who don't love God. If you don't hear this, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. Stop hanging out with people that don't love God more than you. Tell you this, if you love God more than all your friends love God, you need more friends. If you're the most spiritual person in your circle, you need a more spiritual circle. She's hanging out with somebody that don't love God. That's her first mistake. Let me tell you all married people. Stop hanging out with people that, that, that ain't your spouse. Well, I, I know so many men, and, and they tell this lie. Well, I just like a woman's perspective. You married and you want a woman's perspective? Ask your wife, your mother, or your sister. Come up to church. Ask, ask some of these women in the church. Well, I, I just like some of these married women talking about, well, I just like to get a man's point of view. I know what you want from that man. You want a man's point of view? Ask your husband. Ask your brother. Ask your father or get up in the church and ask somebody that loves God in a situation that won't put you in a situation. Because you get in these situations, it's hard to get out. She got herself in a situation by hanging out with somebody that didn't love God. Verse 1 says, The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now look how this, look how this devil comes at her. He don't come at her saying, I'm the devil and I hate God and I want to destroy you. He's coming at her saying, let's talk about God. Oh, there's a message for dating folk in there. There's a message for married folk in there. He, he comes at her in a way that unsettles her. He comes at her in a slick way that she doesn't see coming. And the first thing the devil does is he questions the word of God. He questions the word of God. He said, did God really say that you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now, if you've been paying attention, you know that's not what God said. But it's got a little something in there that God said. Every good lie from the devil's got a little truth mixed in it. This is how these preachers on TV get away with getting folks money, telling lies all the time, mixing a little scripture here and a little scripture there. He took a little bit of what God said, and he put his own twist on it. He questions the word of God and says, is, it, is, this what, is this what your God says? Is this what your God says? Let me tell you something. These conversations unbelievers try to get you into, well, if God is so loving, why is there a coronavirus? You go ahead and try to explain that to them all you want to. They're trying to lure you away. They're trying to draw you into their trap. When people are questioning the word of God, you don't need to be hanging out with those types of People, verse 2, the woman said to the serpent, no, that's not what he, he said, we can eat of the tree, fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said you should not eat it 
nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now, Eve is hanging out with somebody that doesn't love God. Eve is hanging out with somebody who questions the word of God. And Eve is, well, I'm just trying to explain God to them. I'm just trying to teach them the right way. Listen to me, Christian. It's a setup. They're trying to drag you down. Well, I'm just trying to share Jesus with them. Don't hang out with people. The Bible says to withdraw yourself from people who walk disorderly, to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Eve's in this conversation trying to explain the truth to the devil after he's already questioned the Word of God. When people come in your life and question the Word of God, cut them off. Because we all don't know the whole Word of God. We don't know enough about the Bible. We haven't learned enough. We, 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 don't, we haven't figured it all out. That's why we faith it out. And you ought to be able to say, listen, I ain't got time to hang out with people who question my God. It would have helped her. It would have kept her out of some trouble. It would have kept her out of some trouble. Second thing I want you to see, it's important to know the word for yourself. It's important to know the word for yourself. Because Eve's got a little bit of knowledge here, but she's messed up some of it. And this is where people fall short, where, where they, they know a little bit of Scripture and they become dangerous, but they don't know enough to become safe. I told you a good lie always has some truth in it. And Eve, Eve didn't repeat what God really said, so she was set up to be overthrown. She added a part to it. Uh, put verse 3 back on the screen for me, Dina. She said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now listen to what God said in Genesis 2.16. God said, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day you eat of it you shall surely die. Anything in there about touching? No. She just threw that in because she's trying to sound special. She's trying to sound like she knew God and what God said, but she messed around and misquoted Scripture. I want to tell you something. Let the Scripture speak and let everything else be silent. Let the word speak for the word. Don't put your added extra. Too many people being extra. Don't put extra on it. So, so she, she knows a little bit, but she don't know enough Bible for herself, and she messes up even the scripture that she's trying to quote. The, sec, the second thing the devil did after he questioned the word of God was to contradict the word of God. Stay away from these people. Verse 4, the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. God said you will surely die. He said, nah, you're not really going to die. You get people like that, they, they, they want to question God's word to you. They want to question the, what you believe about God. And then they want to start contradicting. Walk away. Just walk away. Get away from them. Let them know, I ain't, I'm not going to argue with you because the Bible says that if a wise person argues with a foolish person, there's no peace. And I'm not going to argue with you because you already questioned God. You've offended me by questioning my God. You've offended God by questioning my God. And I am not The devil contradicts the word of God and tells the woman, no, you're not going to die. See, in effect, what he's saying is God lied to you. God's trying to rip you off. God's trying to keep you from being happy. And, and, and God has not told you the real truth. Verse 5 the, de the devil goes on to say, For God knows in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. He's trying to tell her that what God says is bad is good. And it's still what the devil is trying to do to people. He questions the word. He contradicts the word. He lies to people about this word. And at this point, she's already set up. She's too far down the rabbit hole now. 
She's too far in it now. She's hung out with the wrong person. She's hung out with somebody that don't love God. She's had conversation with somebody that questions God. She's listened to how someone contradicts God, and now she's just set up to be completely overthrown. She's set up for disaster. Verse 6 in Genesis 3 says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. So many people think Adam was off doing good, and that woman was just hanging around with the wrong person doing bad. He was standing right there. He was standing there right there, should have been telling her, let's get away from this person that's contradicting God. Let's get away from this person that's trying to get us to do evil. But it didn't happen that way. I told you a moment ago that we need to understand the way Satan worked on Eve because it's the same way he's going to work on us today. Verse 6 says, she saw that it was good for food. That's the lust of the flesh. She saw that it was pleasant to the eyes. That's the lust of the eyes. And she saw that it was desirable to make one wise. That's the pride of life. Listen to our opening text again. 1 John 2.15 says, don't love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So we see in Old Testament in the very beginning that the devil comes and he brings these things to you that, that cause you to want them physically, that cause you to like the way they look in your eyes and cause you to make them think that they're going to make you special. It's, it's the same thing over and over and over again, but now... The deed is done. Now the law has been broken. And now she's already let the devil hang out with her when he didn't love God. She's already let the devil question God. She's already let the devil contradict God. Now she's done that thing that God told her not to do. She has sinned against God. The Bible says sin is when you do opposite of what God tells you to do. When you break God's commandment, you sin. Now she has already sinned, and sin has consequences. So let's see what happens next. Verse 7, then the eyes of them were both opened. Mm, it changed them. I'm going to tell you something. Doing dirt changes you. Doing wrong changes you. Sinning against God changes you. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering. They are drifting now from the original equipment that the manufacturer gave them. God gave them skin as a covering. Now they're trying to cover up with something God never intended them to cover up with. God gave them peace in who they were. Now, all of a sudden, they're saying, ooh, I, I don't want everybody to see what I have. Now, now, all types of stuff start taking place. Now, self-doubt starts taking place. Now, low self-esteem starts taking place. Now, fear starts taking place. Now, hiding starts taking place. Because, hear me good, sin has consequences. Sin is bad. Sin will hurt you. Sin will cause you to pay a price. They didn't. The devil said, as soon as you eat of it, you're going to become like God. They didn't become like God. He lied to them. They're like, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do it, even though God said do it, because it, we, we're going to be just like God. No, that didn't happen. The devil is a liar. They didn't become like God, but they knew they were naked. They realized how messed up they were. Sin causes you guilt. Sin causes you shame. Sin causes you stain. Sin causes you to want to hide and run away. That's why so many people don't even come to church anymore. Because their sin has pushed them into a corner and they don't even feel clean enough to show up into the house of God. I want to tell you the lies the devil tells you never works out. Doesn't work out. Looks good. You think it'll feel good. 
You think it'll be good for you, but it doesn't work out that way. In verse 8, the Scripture says, They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord called to Adam and said, Where are you? The thing that they had every day, the Bible says, was the presence of God walking with them in the cool time of the garden. God was showing up with them. Some people used to have God showing up with them, talking to them, fellowshipping with them. But they did what the devil lied to them to do, and now they don't feel God anymore. Now they don't have God's closeness anymore, and God says, where are you? Now I'm going to tell you something. God always knows the answer even when he asks the question. God's not trying to learn anything right now. God's trying to get them to learn something. God, God already knows the answer. One, one time my son had his friend over, and, and his friend said something I knew was a lie. And I, and I knew they had done something that they weren't supposed to do, so I asked, I asked his friend. I said, so uh, what, what about this? And he went, and he looked over at my son. My son said, you may as well go ahead and tell him. I know him good enough. If he's asking the question, he knows the answer. You're caught now. No reason to lie now. You're in the hook now. God said, where are you? God knew exactly where they were. But he wanted them to fess up. In verse 10, Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Sin will cause you to hide from the one that loves you the most. Sin will cause you to feel bad about being in the presence of the one who really wants to be in your presence. Sin will cause you to run away from God. Verse 11, God said, who told you you were naked? Who told you something was wrong with you? Who told you what I gave you wasn't good enough? Who told you the way I made you wasn't good enough? Who told you you needed more than what I have given you? Who told you that I'm not enough for you and that you need to hide from me? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Now, don't think God doesn't know. God always knows. The Bible says God is omniscient. It means he knows everything all the time. God already knew. He just wanted them to know. That's like when mama says, were you out there doing what I told you not to do? She's not trying to learn anything. She already knows. That's like when you got all that cake icing on your mouth. And mama says, did you eat that cake? No. Stop lying. At some point, after you do dirt, you got to come clean. You got to tell the truth. God said, did you do it? And then Adam goes on verse 12 and puts the blame game on. He said, well, you know, it was that woman. It's her fault. And then he, then, then, then he could realize that wasn't gaining no traction. So he, he said, that you gave me. Wasn't just her, God. It was you. And people have been blaming others and been blaming God since day one. And you need to quit blaming others, and you need to quit blaming God. It's so wild. It is so wild. In the country, and the history we have, and no matter what you think about the history of our country, uh, what's real is real, but some of it ain't real. Some of it's, some of it's been you know, manufactured and built up. But, but because of the racism that's been in our country, because of the, the problems that have come from that, I, 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 got, I know white people now that, that, that talk bad. They're like, a white man can't get a break in the country now and gave everything away to people of color. And I'm thinking, you really want to trade places right now? 
You, you want to find out? You, 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 you want to switch up? Go ahead, go ahead and get to know some people and, and, and listen to stories that are real and not your, I can't, I can't even get a good job right now. Really? When, when every CEO, when, when, every, when every Fortune 500 president, every CEO in the country right now, 90 plus percent of them still 125-year-old white men? <laughs> Let me just say something to the Democrats in the room. Don't get mad. Just be, just be honest. Democrat Party. All, all the Democrats in the room. Democrat Party. The party of diversity, right? The party of inclusion, right? The party of people of color, right? The, 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 the party of the people, right? Did you see the last two people that was running for the Democratic nominee, for, for, to be the Democratic nominee for President of the United States? An almost 80-year-old white dude running against the almost 80-year-old white dude? Power to the people. It's the, it's the, but it's the party of diversity. Did, did you see the last seven people that was left on the Democratic ticket were all 70-year-old plus white folk? Let me keep moving. Y'all don't want to hear the truth. Don't listen to the world because the world will try to make you believe things that aren't even real. You got white people out there talking about reverse discrimination. You, you got black people out there saying, I can't even get a job because the man's foot's on my neck. Well, how do all the black people you know have jobs? I can't even get ahead in America with this racist system. Well, how are all these, how are all these black people in this church driving these nice new trucks? I wasn't talking about you this time. I was talking about him. Stop listening to the hype that the devil tries to sell you. Do what God tells you to do and watch how good life gets for you. Stop hanging out with people that don't love God, that question God, that contradict God, and see how good life can get to you. The, the, he blames, he blames, he blames. He blames others, then he blames God. And that's still what's going on right now. We got people blaming others. Well, you know, it's the government. It's this president. It's this orange president. Got this orange president in there. President Orange. Mess, uh, really? Well, a couple years back, everybody was saying it was President Brown. Or President Black. I heard, there's, there's this, hey, listen, you want to Google the funniest preacher in the world? Google Bishop Manning. Bishop Manning's African-American from Harlem. He, he, he's, he's, he's mad. he didn't like President Obama. I don't know what he had against President Obama. He said, stop saying he's the first black president. How's he black? He's half white. He called him a, he called him a white president. Anyway, people can't be happy is what I'm telling you. People can't be happy. They Blame the orange president. Blame the, 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 the brown president. Blame the biracial president. Blame, blame the Democrats. Blame the Republicans. Blame the independents. Blame, 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 blame. And then when that don't work out for you, blame God. This is what they did. This is what they did. This is what Adam did. Pass the buck. It wasn't my fault, God. It was her fault. And you're the one that gave it to me, so actually it was your fault. I'm just over here being me. So God said to the woman, what is this that you've done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me. Wasn't my fault. My husband should have been covering me. I still, get that. I still hear that in counseling sessions. I, I was counseling a couple one time. A woman cheated on the man, and she said, if he'd have been covering me right, I wouldn't have cheated on him. If he'd have been leading the family right, I wouldn't have needed a boyfriend. Well, you're really stepping out there on Crazyville now. 
you blaming others and, 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 and spirituality? She said it, it was the devil that, that, that did it. And see, when, when people get tired of blaming others, when they get tired of blaming the government, when they get tired of blaming the system, when they realize that it ain't really God's fault, then, then it's become popular. I told y'all Flip Wilson created a whole generation of the devil made me do it. And we still got people saying that now. Still got people saying that now. I hear people tell me all the time, Pastor Scott, pray for my finances. The devil is trying to destroy my money. Maybe the fact that you don't pay tithes is destroying your money. Maybe the fact you spend more on, on, on alcohol and cigarettes and gambling and pornography and personal pleasure than you spend on God's kingdom is destroying your money. Oh, it's the devil's fault. It's God's fault. It's somebody else's fault. It's the devil's fault. I want to ask you this this morning. When is it your fault? When is it your fault? When do you really say, you know what, God, I'm wrong, and I want to do better? I'm going to tell you something. If you will figure that you are wrong and you want to do better, you can have better. Hear what I told you this morning. Don't hang out with people that don't love God. Cut them out. But they're my friends. But I'm trying to explain the truth to them. How'd that work out for Eve? Cost her everything. They got put out of the garden. Animals had to be killed. Them fig leaves weren't the right covering. God said, no, that ain't going to work. You, can't, you don't decide how you cover up for me. I decide. And it's not going to be them fig leaves you sewed together. Get them fig leaves off you. God stripped them back down naked where he had them. He said, but because you did wrong, I'm going to kill one of these animals. And I'm going to put animal skins on you. And now the animals aren't going to like you anymore. And God, the Bible says, put variance between men. You, you, you want to know why the bird runs away from you? You want to know why the deer runs away from you? God put fear between the animal and the man. Everything got so messed up because they were hanging out with people that didn't love God. I want you to start noticing when people around you start questioning God's word to you. That's a clear indicator. They're not your friend. They're not your friend. You let people question God. You let people question God's word to you. They're not your friend. You wouldn't let nobody question you about grandmama like that. You wouldn't let nobody talk to you about your mother or your brother like that. You wouldn't let anybody to start, start bad-mouthing your family like that. Why do we tolerate lost people bad-mouthing our God? Well, I just want to help teach them the truth. No, they're going to drag you down. They're going to drag you down. We have these stories for our examples. You need to notice when people, including yourself, start questioning God's word. So you can't get away from yourself, but you can stop questioning God's word. When you start wondering, is all this even worth it? Is all this even real? Is God even enough? You need to recognize, I'm questioning God. And you, need to, you can't get away from you. So you have to stop that wrong behavior. And you have to say, I'm going to believe it even if it don't make sense. I'm going to believe it even if it doesn't feel good. I'm going to believe it even if it, I don't see it benefiting me. If it doesn't appeal to my flesh, if it doesn't appeal to my eyes, if it doesn't make me feel better, I'm still going to believe it. Because I believe in my God. You need to notice when people, including yourself, contradict God's word. Well, I know it's not exactly. I have people tell me this in counseling. I know it's not exactly right, Pastor. But it's not as bad as so-and-so. 
you better get away from that. You start contradicting God's word. You start justifying evil behavior. based. You, you start allowing things for yourself that you know the word doesn't allow for you or for anybody else. I see it all the time. This is why so many pastors struggle and fall apart and get pushed out of ministry. People want to put a heavier burden on, on others than they put on themselves. Y'all, y'all want me to live straight, but you don't want to live straight. Y'all put expectancy on me and on these deacons and on these leaders, but you think it's okay for you to slip and slide. The Bible says we should be holy. God used my sister's voice in my life one time. I was talking about this very thing. She said, you know, Pastor, when the Bible tells Christians to be holy, it doesn't say be ye holy and pastors be holier. We've all got a mandate to be holy. You need to stop expecting things out of others that you don't expect out of yourself. Well, they should do better. We all should do better. See, this is when you know you've crossed over from where you need to be to where you shouldn't be. When you start quoting scripture against others that you don't live yourself. Get in God's word. Don't question it. Don't contradict it. Because whenever God's word is being questioned, whenever God's word is being contradicted, his character is being assaulted. And somebody's thinking less of God than they should. God can't lie. God wouldn't tell you something that's bad for you. God wouldn't put something on you that was going to create difficulty for you. Don't question God's character. Believe in him. I wonder if you know what God's word for you is today. I'm going to tell you we're going to get out of here. First and foremost, the Bible said it's God's commandment that you believe on his son. God wants you to believe in Jesus. God wants you to believe that Jesus can save you and you can't save yourself. Real Christianity is the point where you come to a realization that says, I need him because I can't make it on my own. I hope you've come to that point. Some of y'all out there still trying to make it on your own. Some of you out there still trying to do it on your own. You need to come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to admit that you need God. And you need to let God be enough for you. Stop chasing. Stop looking for love in all the wrong places. Stop looking for fulfillment and satisfaction in the wrong places. If you're not saved, you need to turn to God. If you are saved, you need to realize He sees you. He sees you. That's good news and bad news. That's good news for the people doing right. That's good news for the people saying their prayers and reading their Bible and making good choices. That's good news for people who are living holy. Because you know even when the pastor don't see you, God sees you. You know even when the world doesn't see how much you love God and make good choices, the world sees you. Dr. King said that integrity is doing the right thing when nobody else is looking. Are you like that? Do you do the right thing even when nobody else is looking? You better know God is looking. Don't be some fake, phony Christian church. Don't be some some talking about God but not loving God. Get your mind right with God. Get your life right with God. So I'll end with you where I started with you. Is God enough for you? Is God enough for you? Or do you really want more? Well, I want God and stuff. Mm. Want God, stuff will come. 
He promised us in Matthew's gospel that if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all this other stuff will be added to you. Stop putting the cart before the horse, believer. Put God in first place and let everything else fall in line. This is the word of the Lord. We need to put God in first place. We need to let God be enough. If nothing else ever happens, I'll be honest with you, I'm sick and tired of this hyped up coronavirus. We've had, they're already saying now they overestimated, they overvalued the death rate, that the people ain't dying from it the way they expect. They were talking about millions and millions of people going to die in America from it. Their death rate is slowing down now, and we've had less people die from COVID-19 uh, this year than died from the flu last year. Tired of this. I want, to, I, want, I want to be able to sit down in a restaurant. I want the NBA to come on and play the playoffs. I'm ready for baseball to come back. I don't want to miss football. I want to go, be able to go outside and have people come to church without, oh, I'm tired of every time <coughs> that post-nasal drip trickle allergy thing in the back of my throat makes me cough in a public. People looking at me like they want to fight. Some of y'all know me. I let them know. I'm, I'm the one. I'm that one. I want life to go back to being life. But I'm learning right now that God's still enough. God's enough. I got to stay in my house all week long. God's enough. I still got a Bible. I, I still got a phone that gets, gets, gets Bible on the Internet. Some of y'all watching the wrong kind of stuff on the Internet. Some of y'all watching the wrong kind of stuff on TV. Get God in your mind. Get God in first place. Just because you think it feels good, it makes you feel good, that's the lust of the flesh. Just because you think it looks good, that's the lust of the eyes. Just because you think it'll help you, that's the pride of life. These things drag you down, they don't build you up. Look for things that honor God. Honor God with everything that you have and watch God. God said if you honor Him, He'll honor you. I want you to get to a place where you find real joy. The scripture says there is joy in obeying his command. People think these commandments drag us down and make us miserable. No. They make us clean and acceptable. They open up access to the one true and living God. They open up access to where we can sense his presence. Some of y'all have never connected to truth in some songs that we sing. Some of y'all can't even, can't even have any realization when, 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 that, when, that, one, when that one brother wrote, wrote that chorus that says, the presence of the Lord is here. I can feel it in the atmosphere. The presence of the Lord is here. Some of y'all never even are overwhelmed with the divine sense of the presence of God because you got so much sin, so much stain, so much shame. You got so much contradiction to God and the Word of God. You got so much question about God and the Word of God that you just won't let God be enough. Let me close by telling you this. For some of you, you're going to have to get to the place where God is all you have. And maybe if you ever get to the place where God is all you have, then you realize God is all you need. We want so many things. We want stuff. We want stuff that make us feel good. We want stuff that looks good. We want stuff that makes us feel special. 
Is God enough for you? Is God enough for you? If you, if you lost everything you have today, and people are seeing it happen right now. People are seeing it happen. I saw my net worth get cut in a third in two days a month ago. Some of it's come back. Some of it hasn't. If God took everything from you right now, if God took your friends from you, if God took your family from you, if God took your possessions from you, would he still be enough? If not, then you need to know him better. And I want to encourage you today. Get to know this God who knows you better than you know yourself. Fall in love with the God who loves you. If you're not saved, get saved. If you are saved, stop chasing the wrong things and start chasing God. Put God first and watch everything else fall in place. Pray with me. God, thank you for being enough. Thank you for giving us everything that we need. You said you've blessed us with all spiritual blessings and we have everything that pertains to life and godliness. God, I pray that you would let salvation be enough. God, I pray that you'd let us stop chasing blessings and start chasing you. God, I pray that you'd help us not to concentrate on gifts, but on the giver of the gifts. Help us to love you more than we love ourselves. Help us to love you more than things that look good, things that we think will make us feel good. Help us to love you more than things that we think will be extra for us. You are enough, God. You're enough. You're enough for me. You're enough for my life, God. And I pray that you'd let me love you more today than ever before. God, I pray for every lost person in the room that's not right with you, that doesn't have real salvation. God, I pray that you'd draw them by your spirit. God, I pray for every Christian in the room that hasn't been realizing how good you are, that you'd let us see your goodness in the land of the living. Not by more stuff, not by more blessing, but because we realize how good you were to us on Calvary 2,000 years ago when you let your son die for us so that we could have life. Thank you for eternal life. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for peace like a river. Thank you for faith, God. Help us to love you the way we should is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.